Great job, Chimes. It's good to have you back. Look forward to hearing more specials from our Chimes Choir in the months ahead. Um, we continue our core values journey. This is uh, week four of our uh, core values series, and this week we're looking at growth. And, and the idea behind growth is we strive to grow to be more like Jesus. And um, th that's really a pretty simplistic explanation that's really difficult to put into practice. And so just to review, a couple weeks ago we launched this on the 29th with a message on God's Word, and that God's Word really is um, a priority for us. We're a church that says our authority comes from the Word of God, and so we need to know the Word of God. We need to be in the Word of God. And we've tried to give you opportunities uh, this year, maybe unique opportunities in terms of the last several years, to, to be better at knowing God's Word. That's why we do the, the daily Bible readings. Um, that's why we started a Bible memory class. That's why we're really emphasizing that everyone needs to be involved in a class um, of one kind or another, whether it's a Sunday school class or a community group or ladies' Bible study, men's reload. Um, you need to be in the Word. Two weeks ago, Samuel talked about worship and the big takeaway for me, hopefully the big takeaway for you. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about how did I like what happened. It's not even about 8.15 on Sunday morning. It's this idea that my life is, is an offering to the Lord. And so sometimes my greatest act of worship doesn't take place in the sanctuary. That doesn't mean I run through the mall screaming at the top of my lungs my favorite hymn, although you could do that, but, but it means that your life is, is an offering. It's a fragrant offering to the Lord. Last week we talked about prayer, and I know a lot of people were gone last week, had a very low attendance last week, and yet I think that that's something that we all would acknowledge we can be better at. We, we rolled out the Focus on Five, and we have the, the Focus on Five sheets. We have several that were left that are available. I'm going to make sure there's some at the Welcome Center. If you weren't here, take one of those. We're asking people to pray over five different areas, forgiveness and commitment and missions and leadership and Jesus and the explanations on the sheet. We're asking people to do that for 28 days. We're seven days in. I'd love for you to make the most of that. But today we look at growth and what's that look like and how does that play out. Um, I, I want to throw out for you three scriptures this morning. Um, every message so far has kind of had a threefold paradigm. What's the word say? How's that impact the world in which we live? And what's our witness? What are we going to do with that? So I want to dive right in the truth of God's word. I want to start in 1 Peter chapter 2. I love this scripture. And this scripture I think is helpful if you're a brand new baby Christian, if you're wanting to know more about the faith, or if you're a lifelong disciple, this verse should connect with you. Peter says, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Think about your favorite food. Think about your favorite beverage. Think about your, your favorite flavor of ice cream, whatever it may be. And if you just think about mint chocolate chip, if you just think 
caramel macchiato or however you pronounce it, if you just think shrimp fried rice, whatever maybe your senses are already starting to play games with you because you love that and you have that craving for that. And you know, man, you're thinking to your spouse right now, it's Chinese today for lunch. Or you're thinking to your spouse right now, it's milkshake afternoon, something along those lines. Uh, Peter is saying that's where we should be spiritually speaking. We should crave, crave the Word of God. We should crave the spiritual milk. So the first key word that I want to kind of plant in your mind this morning is this idea of craving. Do you have this craving for pure spiritual milk? And if you don't, how can you create that craving? One of the best things about the daily Bible reading challenge is that it's a daily Bible reading challenge. And so all of us have habits, all of us have behaviors. You may say, I don't have any habits, I don't have a routine, I just do life. My guess is you have a routine in the first hour that you're awake and you may not even realize that it's a routine. It may involve a cup of coffee, it may involve a newspaper, it may involve some sort of exercise, it may involve getting ready for work, but you have a routine. When you build God's Word into that routine, it becomes a, a habit. It becomes a routine. It becomes a behavior. Scripture number one, this craving of the, the pure spiritual milk. In the book of Ephesians, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, and really unlike the church at Corinth, I think the church at Ephesus was pretty healthy. And, and the Christians at Ephesus had a real special place in, in Paul's heart. And here's what he shares with them toward the end of this book. He says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God. Are you an imitator of anyone? Um, my son's a basketball player. He's kind of tall. And when they do the starting lineups, he has this little thing that he does. And I, I, it is what it is, but he does the little handshake thing and the fist bump that all the players do. And, and then he points up to heaven. And I'm, I'm not exactly 100% sure why he does it, but I had the opportunity a couple weeks ago to work a couple junior high basketball games in Mount Pulaski as they were in the postseason. And I noticed that the big man was doing the exact same thing that Peyton did, uh, boom, 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 and then pointing up to heaven. And, uh, and I just asked him, and he said, well, that's what, that's what sinners do. That, that's what big men do. He's imitating someone older than him. He's imitating someone that he might look up to. Who, who are you imitating? Are you an imitator of God? That's the second key word that I want to throw out for you this morning, is this idea of imitating Jesus, imitating God. When we think of God, what, what words come to mind? Probably the word love comes to mind. Does love describe you? Probably the word grace comes to mind. Are you a person of grace? Maybe the word mercy comes to mind. Are you a person of mercy? Be imitators of God. And then finally, number three, Hebrews 6. And this is just part of a verse. This is just half a verse, basically. Um, Hebrews 6 begins with this. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Jesus and go on toward maturity. And then he has a lot more to say. And then there's kind of a controversial uh, couple of verses in there that if you're really interested in the once saved, always saved thought, you could go there. We won't even go there this morning. But I just want to focus on this idea of move beyond the elementary teachings of Christ and go into maturity. Now, 
if you are new in the faith, or if you feel like maybe you don't have a great handle on God's word, you don't have a great handle on how faith plays out, ignore what I'm getting ready to say, okay? You, you get everything you possibly can. You dive in and, and grab as much as you possibly can. For a lot of people at FCC, for a lot of 8.15 a.m. service people at FCC, let's just be frank this morning. Um, we've been in church our whole life. Um, you have forgot more sermons than I have preached, quite honestly. And, and you've been around the faith. And yet for a lot of us who've been around the Lord a long time, we've been around the church a long time, elementary probably is a pretty fair description of where our spiritual life is. Now, that may be offensive. If it's offensive, I want you to honestly assess where you're at. And here's the third key word. This is the word that I want to throw out, is this word maturity. Going beyond just good enough. Going beyond the surface. If the only spiritual nourishment you're getting week in, week out is a 25-minute sermon on Sunday morning and you're a lifelong follower of Jesus, it's not enough. It's absolutely not enough. And so, again, new to the faith, this is not at all for you. But, but for many of us, They've been around Jesus a really long time, decades. That's the word that I want you to lock in on, this word maturity. This word of going beyond where I am today. This idea of being more than maybe I ever dreamed I possibly could be. So that's the word. What about our world? Um, how can I tangibly grow closer to Jesus? What can I do in my life today to tangibly grow closer to Jesus? And I realize in our gathering today, some of you brand new baby Christians, and I don't say that in a condescending way. I say that in that's an awesome kind of way. I love that. But, but um, how do we be all things to all people when it comes to growing in Christ. And so I've got several answers here. One way that you can grow closer to Jesus is by mastering God's word. Mastering God's word. And so if you're not in the word at all, how do you master God's word? Maybe you read a chapter a day. Maybe you grab your bulletin today and you say, February 19, it begins today. For some of you, let's be frank, one chapter a day, that's something you've been doing for a really long time. And so maybe you get out your handy-dandy 90 days through the Bible, and you really crank in. And you say over the next 90 days till mid-May, I'm reading through the entire Bible. And if you don't have one of those, we can help you secure one of those. For some of you, it, it, it's trying to find new ways to study. I had somebody come up to me last week and say, I want to be in a Bible study, but none of the times that you're offering works for my schedule. And my challenge for them was, well, why don't you start a Bible study? Why don't you find a time that works for you and find some people that have a passion like you do. We'll help you get resources. We'll make it happen. And I think they're going to do that. So this idea of mastering God's word, knowing God's word, that's different for everyone. Again, I want to encourage people that have never been in the Word one chapter a day. It'll change you. It'll transform you. Two, practice silence and solitude in the Lord regularly and the other spiritual disciplines. And I brought a couple, um, a couple books with me today. Richard Foster probably has the classic work, The Celebration of Discipline, and 
Blackaby and King wrote the book, Experiencing God, but it's this idea of taking your spiritual life to a whole new level. Somebody asked me, what do you do during silence and solitude? Well, you don't talk, and you don't think about sports, and you don't think about politics, and you don't think about bills. You focus on your relationship with the Lord. And if you're like me, I, I have a really hard time doing that at my house. Because um, I've got a lot of ADHD within me. I've never been diagnosed. That's a self-diagnosis. But if I see something that needs to be done, I have a hard time focusing on that. And so I'm off doing something different instead of focusing. So a lot of times it's getting out and going for a long walk. Or, or, or going to our prayer room. We have a beautiful, totally newly renovated prayer room here at FCC. And leaving the phone and leaving the iPad. And, and just for 20 minutes, for 30 minutes, for 60 minutes for 90 minutes, practicing silence and solitude, practicing fasting. Man, I love to eat. I don't like to miss a meal, and most of us don't like to miss a meal. But some of my most precious spiritual growth times have come when I skipped lunch. And you don't just skip lunch and, and not do anything with that, but take that hour, take that 45 minutes, and pray and practice silence and solitude and be in the word and give that hour, give that 45 minutes to the Lord. Number three, enhance your spiritual journey via a relationship with a mentor. A relationship with a mentor. And the picture I want to paint for you this morning is the Apostle Paul and his young sons of the faith, Timothy and Titus. And when you read through the books of First and Second Timothy and Titus, it's... Um, a seasoned veteran, greatest missionary the world has ever known, who knows he's on borrowed time, who knows his time on this earth is coming to a conclusion one way or another. He's praying prayers like, God, for me to live as Christ, but to die as gain. He's saying, God, I'm out of here if you'll take me, but regardless, um, I want to be with Jesus. And so he's pouring into Timothy and Titus all kinds of practical wisdom, all kinds of spiritual wisdom, all kinds of ideas of how they can be great leaders in places like Ephesus and the island of Crete. And so I reflect back to the words of my late seminary professor, probably the greatest teacher I ever studied with, Dr. Bob Lowry. And he said, you know, everybody needs a Paul, everybody needs a Barnabas, everybody needs a Timothy. Everyone needs someone in their life who's wiser than you are who's walked with Jesus longer than you have, who, who is bold enough to tell you what you probably don't want to hear. And he said, everybody needs a Barnabas, someone that's kind of alongside you, and you're in this thing together. And a lot of times we'll call that like accountability partners or accountability groups. And he said, for people that, that are in the faith, they need a Timothy. They need someone that's younger than them. Someone that's not as spiritually savvy as they are. That they can help them grow up in the Lord. And so don't worry about all three today. But if you're brand new in your walk, you need a Paul. My, my wife got a call this week from a, a, a young Christian woman in our church saying, I want you to be my mentor. I want to get together with you a couple times a month. And, and I want you to help me be the Christian woman that I want to be. And so there's, there's nothing shameful about asking that. If you've been around the Lord for a long time and your life uh, reflects the fruit of the Spirit and you're in a good place spiritually, you need to be pouring into someone that's younger than you. 
You need to be helping them go to the next level. Um, consider a mentor. And then finally, number four, and, and I won't say a lot about this because we've talked about this um, a couple different times through the series, but be willing to submit to God's will for your life. The most dangerous part of this, this whole core value of growth, is when we really dive in and we really say, it's all yours, Lord, here we go. It can be really dangerous because God might call us to step outside our comfort zone. God might call us to be someone that we never thought we could be. Last night, the, um, the elders and the, the ministry staff and spouses gathered at the home of one of our elders. And for about three hours, we shared a meal, and then we worshiped, and then we read scripture, and then we prayed, and then we just considered, God, what do you want your church to be? And one of the things that one of our elders shared wasn't just, God, what do you want our church to be? But give us the courage to put that vision into practice. That if it's outside our comfort zone, if it's outside our box that we've created, allow us to have the courage to go submit to God's will for your life. So part three of the sermon, how can we live out this core value of growth in 2017 how do we do that how do we make that practically unfold in our life i'm going to ask samuel green to make his way up to the stage at this time um one of the things that that i am convinced of is that we don't seek your input enough we don't find out where you're at enough and so i'll ask my sunday school class what, what do you want to study well, what do we want to study and, you know, sometimes people say, well, the prophecies in Revelation or some stuff like that. But a lot of times, you know, let's look at a, a book like Philippians or a book like James that's got some real teeth in it that really can help us. So what we want to do today, we're doing the second service as well, is we want to find out where you're at when it comes to spiritual growth. But even more than that, we're hoping that what we're about to do will help us know how we can help you. The only thing that I ask through all of this is that you will be 100% completely honest. It's anonymous. You don't have to sign your name. But, uh, but if you're in a spiritual valley, I want you to be honest about that. If there are aspects of life at FCC that are not meeting your needs, we want to know that. And beyond this, I welcome anyone that, that wants to share something, not on Sunday morning, out loud, but I, I would love to hear from you. I would love for you to write me or email me or set up a time to come and meet with me. We don't want this core value thing just to be a 10-week sermon series and we pat ourselves on the back and all is well. We want First Christian Church of Clinton to be the church God wants it to be. Samuel, will you come please? All right, well, the ushers are going to uh, start passing out uh, a survey. Just a quick survey. Um, should just take a few minutes, uh, the rest of the service. But as Greg was talking about, uh, as our core value of growth, um, as we talk about, just as a church that we value growing in Christ-likeness, um, the reality is sometimes um, it's really hard to know what the next step is. It's hard to uh, know what growth looks like in our lives. And so... Um, as these services are, are passed out, um, we're going to spend the next few minutes just um, being honest about our walk. Uh, Colossians 1, Paul says this, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we can present everyone fully mature in Christ. 
And to this end, I strenuously contend with all of the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. And that's, that's our heart um, as staff and elders and leadership, that, that we might provide opportunities for you to grow. Um, and so this survey, um, this, is, this is for you individually, um, that, that you might uh, kind of have an idea of where you might be at through some of these questions. They may uh, prompt you to be like, oh, well, I haven't really thought about that. Um, but it's also for others. Um, we're going to be able to use this survey um, to kind of gauge uh, how well um, we're doing as a congregation and as a leadership about to, to understand the needs um, of, of um, this congregation and, and how we can better help you and others um, grow closer to Jesus. Um, and so I, I just want to ask you to treat this, this moment, these, these, these 15 minutes, uh, as an act of worship. I know this might be a little bit outside of some of your comfort zones. Um, and uh, I would just ask, submit that to the Lord. Um, use this time. Uh, and then to be as honest as you can be, as Greg said. Because um, the more honest you are, um, the better we can help you and others in the church um, with your walk, with your spiritual growth. Um, Everyone's on a journey, and we're all in different parts of that journey, and so there's, there's no shame in where you're at. Um, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray as the ushers continue to pass and just take the next uh, 15 minutes to, to, to do this survey. So if you'll bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the chance to um, give back to you. I pray that, that your spirit would be uh, working in us right now, to just bring to light the things, uh, the areas that we need to work on. Um, pray that, that this time would be sacred um, between us and you, that uh, you would use this um, in our lives individually as well as the life of the church, that we might better serve you um, and uh, strive to look like you. We love you, and it's your name we pray. Amen. So take the next... Uh, couple minutes to do the survey.